Welcome to Balanced Pixels, a podcast where three friends from different walks of life share their love of video games and how they manage to fit all those pixels into their busy schedules. Trizzle, a super mom who does it all. Josh, a desert dweller with a love for sunshine. And Scully, a virtual builder who has her hands in all the cookies. Balanced Pixels is brought to you by Dedicated Assassin's Dating Database of Yore, or Daddy for short. Are you looking for a whirlwind romance of the ages? Yearning for a classic romance novel love story full of danger and excitement? Then look no further than Dedicated Assassin's Dating Base of Yore, or Daddy. Absurgo is now the world leader in not only technology, but also dating simulations! With Daddy, you can relive all of your favorite assassin's love stories, like user favorite Ezio, this steamy Italian lover from the Italian Renaissance. Who needs real-world romance when you can fall head over heels into the past to relive countless love stories? Contact your Abstergo agent today! Abstergo is not liable for any adverse effects up to and including the bleeding effect. This is not a real thing in the Assassin's Creed lore at all, you guys. It should be. I want to find a daddy. I would play that game. <laughs> I'd play every game. <laughs> uh, let's see. What era can I find a sugar daddy thing? <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, this, like, Assassin's Creed 2 is really where they really started, like, dabbling into, like, romance and love stories inside of these uh, past lives that we're living in. So this was just. This this commercial was a labor of love, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Quite literally. Ooh. God. Luckily, he stayed still long enough to produce at least one child in a lineage here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right. <laughs> So welcome back to uh, the Assassin's Creed franchise, you guys. <laughs> this is Assassin's Creed 2. Yay! Oh, I swear to God, I feel like I'm... At this time, by the time we're done discussing and talking about all these games, I feel like I'm like, would have played it by now. Maybe by the time we get done with this game, I might actually have played Assassin's Creed Valhalla. <laughs> Yay! Ooh. It's amazing. Maybe. I might have actually finished it because I still haven't finished the game. Oh, oh you're no. hip-hopping in uh, games as much as I am right now, man. Mm-hmm. I know, there's just too many. I think I'm done with Elden Ring, though, so I might be able to get back to Valhalla. Did you I'm not finish beat- the game or are you just oh, done taking a break? Fuck. No, I'm never going to be able to beat Elden Ring. Are you kidding me? That game just, no. Oh. Oh, no. our, our friend Fenwa literally just beat it, so... Just beat it, yeah. As, as we're I, recording I'm like level this. 70, and I guess that's not enough. Like, And I'm like, I don't have the patience. So, beautiful our, game, love it, not for me. Um, oh, yeah. Our friend Skunk has started, like, he's like, oh, I'm starting another game plus. I'm like, isn't this your fourth one? He's like, I don't know, I lost count. I'm like, uh, okay. Good for it's a game yeah. meant for people who want a challenge, and yeah. I am not one of those people. I'm here so. for photo mode or indie mystery games. Thanks. Yeah, a good Girl. story. Assassin's Creed games, great story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great storyline. Okay, yes. Daisy doesn't count because that's like an ultimate survival game next to like, us. So. Girl, speaking of photo modes, you should definitely try Wonderlands because that photo mode is just mm, mm-hmm. chef's kiss. Like, you can pause the game when you're playing by yourself. 
So, like, Uh-oh. if you're, like, it's perfect for, like, action shots. Like, when you're, you know, running around or yeah. jumping off of a thing, you can, you know, pause yeah. and go into That's photo awesome. mode. It's oh, my great. God. Far Cry 5 had that feature. So, oh, my God. That's really fun. I love those type of, like, you can pause and you're in the middle of, like, an action mode. Oh, I do that for Horizon um, Zero Dawn for Bed and West, too. <gasps> yes. Oh. Also, uh, if you guys missed our Twitter post before we jump into like the game details, we did change our uh, our schedule. So, uh, yeah. yeah, our episodes will be dropping the first and third Monday of every month. Yay! Just to be a little more predictable, and it's also also it helps um, honestly balance our lives better mm-hmm. and yes. podcast recording because for a while we were juggling, we were literally juggling. Okay, when are we going to record? What game we're going to do this? And it was always like by the seat of our pants. And well, oh. um, we're all busy. I'm a busy mama. Josh is just traveling around the country because he's lucky, <laughs> and schooling <laughs> is just like you know literally streaming every other day in a corset. <laughs> So I think, honestly, this is going to not only help us balance our lives, balance pixels, but um, be more predictable for our listeners. Like to know when we're going to drop a lot of hot. There you go. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah. And it gives Scully more time to... Because I think you're going to have a little bit more time to edit these now, too, Scully. Yes, so, I won't be rushing to so get it'll it help done. You. Yeah. yeah, you do always do an amazing job, too. Exactly. But, <laughs> but at least you have, like, you know, like, you know, we'll have things planned and we'll yeah. allow you to edit. But anyway, yeah. let's circle back to Assassin's Creed 2 yes, again. Let's, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do this, yo. We're going back to 2009. Oh, yeah, you guys. So, um... Let's uh, buckle up and fasten our seatbelts in the Wayback Machine, because we're going back to uh, the release date of Assassin's Creed 2 was November 17th, 2009. Yay! That is is back in the year of when I Got a Feeling by Black Eyed Peas was a hit. Oh my gosh, yes! I was bumping Black Eyed Peas album in my middle of Mini Cooper when that came out. Yes! (laughs) Yes! <laughs> Dude, it was so much fun. Amazing. This game, hands down, it's like one of the most, um, I've noticed like back then, it won a lot of awards, it got a oh, lot yeah. of high ratings. This is- um, I think uh, this game did a lot. Yeah, this is a game that launched the uh, the franchise into like, you know, the public's eye. And they were like, ooh, Assassin's Creed, what? Like the first game... It was it was great, but it did not get as much attention as Assassin's Creed 2 because everyone loves a hot Italian man just romancing all the women's. Dude, <laughs> yeah. If anybody who played the original God of War can agree with this, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I see, like Metacritic got it got a ninety one on Metacritic. I saw that on Gamespot. It got nine out of ten. IGN nine point ten. So this was definitely a crowd favorite. It did a lot of oh, yeah. like upgrades. Um, I think it switched. Over possibly to another game engine as well. It did. Yeah, they did. Right? Yeah, they really stepped it up for this game and they added a bunch of new features, which is why a lot of people were like, oh my god, this is amazing. I feel like, I wonder if it's because, like, remember the first one? They technically developed it for, like, they started developing it on the PlayStation 2 platform, Mm -hmm. but then they switched it to PlayStation 3. This was all PlayStation 3, all Xbox One. Like, so, or X, yeah, Xbox oh, yeah. One. And I remember right? back back then, like the graphics, I was just like, this is fucking amazing. 
Yeah, like they've totally took advantage of it. Oh, it's Xbox 360. Sorry, then yeah. it went to Xbox One. And now it's on Nintendo Switch. <laughs> yeah, ironically, when this first launched, it only came out on consoles. It launched later on uh, on PC. Oh, weird. Yeah. I was just like, oh, okay. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> oh, it launched on Mac OS as well. What? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. It was just like, and now, like, now you can get it on Nintendo Switch, which. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, the graphics, like, the graphics from back then, you know, compared to the graphics on the Nintendo Switch now, perfect. I know. It's it's literally like we're, we're in 2009, 2010 graphics on a, a handheld device now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so this this game was oof. And not only not only like the features they added to it, it was a lot of um the real world immersion with NPCs that people were just like, what the fuck? Yeah. There were so many NPCs, so many crowds, so much more than the first game and so much more than they'd seen in other games at the time. Yeah. And it wasn't just like people just kind of standing around and walking. They were actually, you know, they had they were doing their own things. It was like you were, it's like you were watching people live their lives inside of a virtual world, and you're like, the fuck? <laughs> and that just adds so much more to a video game when you feel like you're just, like, there's other people having lives yeah. in the game, separate from what you're doing, you know? <laughs> I was like, and it, I feel like that was a, you know, a lot, of fe- a lot of games have, like, played off of that since then. Yeah. Cyberpunk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to, to the extreme. <laughs> Ooh, Yeah. So it was it was definitely really cool to see like this this trend start forming in like the early 2000s with video games where it wasn't just like you know just your character and a couple of other NPCs it was like a real world mm. that you were immersed in. Yeah. So that was oh, really cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm guessing I'll be here. Again. Yeah, I'll be here all night. <laughs> Oh my god. So the developer, of course, was Ubisoft Montreal again, and the publisher was Ubisoft. Um, The director, once more, was Patrice Tisletz. I'm never going to pronounce their name right. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, And this one had a few producers, actually. Um, Mm -hmm. So we had Sebastian uh, Palal. Sebastian Palal. A lot of French names, you guys. They're so pretty. Um, I will try my best not to butcher these. And then we have uh, Jamal Ur... Urgagi? <laughs> I, I really... Urgagi? I, I, I don't know. I can't even guess. I know. I'm sure it sounds amazing when you actually know how to pronounce it, but I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm so sorry. Urgagi? I, I can't pronounce that to save my life. But at least I can pronounce their first name, Jamal. <laughs> yeah, Jamal. Jamal. And then um, the third producer was Vincent Pontbriant. Pontbriant? I think, yeah. Pontbriant? I think you got that. Yeah. It sounds like, yeah. it almost looks like Pontiac, but it's way nicer and way fancier. <laughs> oh, yeah. <definitely>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, welcome Again. to the portion of the show where we butcher all the names. <laughs> Ta da! <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> we should just go into okay. this segment. Oh. Like, all right, now it's time to butcher some names. <laughs> Now for the designers, finish them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's our own it. Mortal Kombat like it is. Know, arena of butchering names. Butchering names, yeah. <laughs> yeah. America. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so we've got um, the designers were, there was a few designers. It was uh, Bunoir La Lambert, more French names, uh, Patrick Plord, and Oliver Palmier. Palmieri. Palmieri. I think, yeah, Palmieri. Dessert. Whew. Why these <laughs> names? Mm. <laughs> and let's see the uh the programmer was james theorian theorian the theorian yes yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that one <laughs> we should like put these in the like google train and just hit play right we should just like google, google do it butcher the names oh my, there's a better chance I, that it might get it <laughs> i actually do that for some of the cities i when i play daisy because again i'm using my spanish accent it makes me want to roll r's in a million oh, yeah. it, it worked we should do this we should do this for this game because this is a huge lineage of games and a lot oh, yeah. of french names yeah. oh yeah definitely <laughs> it's like when we when we try to pronounce that hot dog place from like i think it's like the chicago area oh it's called portillo's i think Portillo. okay but i always call it portillo's <laughs> because i live in the southwest and i'm just if there's two l's it's portillo's okay uh, you know what Gar it's legit oh. yeah but then the people now from I the midwest that are here in arizona they hate it when i say portillo's they're like what it's portillo's and i'm like no it's not <laughs> nope <laughs> Oh my god! But at least, at least, you guys, I can pronounce the uh, the artist's first name, Mohammed, and that's yes. mostly because I've heard Muhammad Ali a bunch of times mm. yeah. <laughs> in my lifetime. Who <laughs> was he? Was a boxer, right? I'm not mistaken, there, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I was like, you know, I've heard that name a thousand times growing up, so I know how to pronounce that one. Um, and his last name is Gambuz. Mm. I like how you uh, print, uh, spelled it out there for yep. us to understand. <laughs> it was funny. Like I was seeing all of these abbreviations of it, and it looked almost like Game Boys. And I was like, no, I'm oh, not putting that oh. in there because I'll say Game Boys and not Game Boos, <laughs> which is apparently how it's supposed to be pronounced, according to Google. Oh. So, Mohammed Gamboos is the artist. There's for two writers that are going to survive the next round. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh, I can pronounce all three because I practiced the last one's last name. Oh, okay. All right, go for it. Um, so the writers are Corey May, Joshua Rubin, and Jeffrey Yohan. Yohan. Yohalem. There we go. I butchered it. Yohalem. Oh, it's Jeffrey. Jeffrey, we talked about him in another episode. Yeah. Yes. He's the like legendary writer that's done, yeah, Far Cry games, Rainbow oh, yeah. Six Vegas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So apparently when I was looking up how to pronounce his last name, people were like, a lot of people who don't speak English actually pronounce the name correctly. And I was like, what? Oh. I was like, that's amazing. They're like, it's literally yo how um Like, it's literally how it how it sounds. And I was like, oh. That they, they're pronouncing the vowels, which um, a lot of the American dialect, we do not. Yeah. No. Yes, so I was like, sense. oh my god. I was like, this is going to be an easy one. And then I went and, went and butchered it. I was like, damn it, I jinxed myself. <laughs> I psyched myself out. Did it. Damn it. <laughs> but our composer, once again, is uh, Jasper Kidd, who uh, 
composed the music for the first game as well. So he, oh, such beautiful music. Oh my God. The, so, oh, some of the Let's Plays I was watching, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad this didn't get copyright strikes because the music's fantastic. So <laughs> this soundtrack actually is one of my top favorite <gasps> Assassin's Creed soundtrack. Now, I, again, I'm a self-professed, I've not replayed ever an Assassin's Creed game. I've seen others play it. I've seen my husband play it. Um, I've seen my kids play it, learning geography, which is crazy. Um, but I've never played it. But, I, you know, I've listened and sat through a lot of these games with their music. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this is a pretty good soundtrack. This isn't about But Assassin's 2, it's <sighs> so fucking, the aesthetics, and it's just... It's gorgeous, right? Like, you just get chills listening to it. It's like as you play the game, it helps you get immersed into the environment. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, one of the most it, I- iconic songs in there is just so absolutely beautiful. And I'm gonna have to look up the name of it. All I can remember is mm-hmm. the ahs part to it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. A yeah. lot of vocals, but it's just like it's so so beautiful. Hmm. Agreed. Tanya, these games are, they rival, like, because another series that has just amazing music at, like this in this kind of realm is the Elder Scrolls series. Mm-hmm. Elder Scrolls Online. Like, I still get chills. Like, th- these are better than a lot of movies out there. <laughs> right? <laughs> the effort that goes into this music is incredible. Like, give me one second. I'm going to hit pause and, and listen to some of these so we can figure out which one I want. Fast forward, we, uh, we looked it up. And um, it's literally the first one on the playlist that I was listening to, and it's uh, it's literally called Earth Track One. Um, and it's oh. just, it's such a beautiful song, and it's yeah. got a lot of like angelic kind of vocals to it and stuff like that. And it's just like, oh, it's so pretty. But it's definitely like to me, that's the most iconic song on the soundtrack. It's like, oh, so pretty. But literally, all of all of the songs are amazing. Yeah, it's totally worth it, guys. If you have like Spotify or even YouTube music, uh, just look at Assassin's Creed 2 for some background music. Put away your Skyrim, uh, you know, <laughs> environmental music background um, or Stardew Valley. Um, that music soundtrack is actually really pretty. But Assassin's Creed 2 soundtrack, um, again, I am like the self-professed soundtrack lore junkie. So <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, like, needless to say, Jasper Kid does an amazing job as a composer for both the first and second game. Mm-hmm. And, oh, oh, such, such beautiful music. Okay, um, uh, let's see. Fantastic. I was like, I'll be here all day gushing. Um, the engine was Anvil, so they, they upgraded to a new engine from the last game. Which probably helped him get so many awards and high remarks. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. And like I said before, like the graphics for this game looked amazing back in the early 2000s. I was just like, oh my god, look at this! I was like, and Ezio is so handsome! Yeah. (laughs) I'm a sucker for a cute Italian guy, what can I say? (laughs) Uh, Let's see, so the platforms this released on it, originally released on PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. And then later came out on Microsoft Windows. You have like OS X, uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and now it's on Nintendo Switch. Yay! I can't believe it. I didn't realize it was on OS X on Mac. <laughs> yeah. 
I didn't know that either. I was just like, oh shit, like that's that's cool. Mm-hmm. It's a rare thing to find. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Um, so let's see. The genre this one falls under, of course, is the action adventure stealth game. Um, this was a single player mode game, but it also introduced a uh, you know it had well didn't introduce it had the third person view like the the first game. Um, and the location and time era for this one was the late 15th century Renaissance in Italy. So, ooh, probably one of my favorite time eras, which is why I really jumped into Assassin's Creed 2. <laughs> After playing the first one, I was like, this is great, but Italy? Uh, yes, please. <laughs> I was like, and the 15th century Renaissance? Like, hello? But uh, is a is a very beautiful time time oh, yeah. period. The architecture, like, and being able to like run around and climb up on all these buildings and stuff, I was just like, that was the coolest part for me. I was like, I love this architecture. And now I get to like view it from like different different angles. I get to be like up on a rooftop or jump onto someone's like you know mm-hmm. balcony. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> the, the ironic timing of this game, um, the term is called parkour. Parkour. Yes. Um, it was like it was huge in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. So it's like we already knew from the first game that there was a lot of jumping, but this game brought the whole jumping. This because I remember oh, this yeah. is actually the one game I actually saw uh, to a whole new literal level that would rival Spider Man. Oh yeah, without the webs. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And a <laughs> I was like, oh my god. It's it just like amazing. So like, you know, getting into this gameplay, like it was uh it was non-linear and it focused a lot on like hack and slash combat and stealth and you know, exploration, which was just like the best part. And of course still had that parkour game style. Um but they kept like I mentioned in the first uh the, the Assassin's Creed 1 episode, they kept adding to it with each new game. So um, with this game, players could now swim in water, and they could use Eagle Vision in third person while moving, which I had totally forgotten wasn't a thing in the first game. So when you would go into, like, Eagle Vision, it would be, like, in first person. So... Oh, interesting. Yeah, it was was actually really cool, and I got, like, at first it was a little, like, I I wasn't used to it when when I had played it, but I got the hang of it, and then it was just like, you know, I got, you know, Eagle Vi- I mostly spent a lot of time on Eagle Vision while I was rocking around the, you know, the world and stuff like that. <laughs> I was like, I don't like missing things. I like getting all the details. <laughs> and Eagle Vision yeah. definitely highlights little details. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's see. Uh, on top of that, we have several new means of transportation in this game. So they added uh, gondola boats to travel by water because now we're able to swim, um, which was a means of travel that was often used in Venice. Uh, you know, hint, hint, you do go to Venice in this game. Um, <laughs> and of course, you can still ride horses like we did in the last game, but it's mostly outside of towns and stuff like that. You can't really ride horses inside of a town. <laughs> They're like, excuse me, sir, get off your horse. <laughs> Um, these developers don't understand Renaissance Italy because you were able to. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, you definitely were able to in Valhalla too. Oh yeah, yeah. they they added it in later on in the like you know fr- future games. They're like, okay, you can ride a horse through town now. It's fine, but you'll get in trouble if you run. 
like finally can respect my horse needed yeah (laughs) Yeah. like you you walk that horse sir you walk that horse in town or we're gonna get you Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but yeah so all of those features of course once again tied into the lore and was explained away with the animus 2.0 which is the new upgraded version dive into your ancestors you know ancestors past toy uh but this one was built by the assassins in the modern timeline of the overall story. So it, uh, this one provided in-game context for changes and additions to several game elements. There was also a database, which was really cool, providing extra historical information about key landmarks, characters, and services that players would encounter in the game. Which, uh, let me tell you, I spent a lot of time in that. <laughs> I like history. I like, you know, details and like, you know, reading all this information about like landmarks and historical figures and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. this is this is really cool for me because history was my favorite subject growing up. <laughs> um, uh, they did a really good job going back to your history comment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they did a really good job of duplic- replicating the historical big... Um, buildings yes oh my god yeah uh uh, it it got to the point where okay so i'm not flexing i swear to god i'm not Uh, (laughs) but when i was in italy uh visiting i was like flex (laughs) okay right uh no it gets worse right i'm like oh my gosh you know like i know what buildings were were. like oh this was an assassin's creed right um (laughs) And that's the last time I remember it. But here's the here's the real flex. So when my eldest went there on her high school trip, oh my god, right? Yeah, it's a high school thing, uh, the European trip. She was like, oh, I played this on Assassin's Creed, and she started naming like all the buildings. Like she was the one giving the tour because she played the video game. That's how well, and that's how much research these game developers did. Mm-hmm. on these buildings to like almost per like um to, to enough for like someone in real life to go who's never been on that side of the planet to recognize these buildings and know exactly like where they were and who like what buildings it was and all that good stuff so yeah i mean and and the history as well oh, uh, yeah. all the historical like i think there was a pope in this game too yeah there's a, I, I, I kind of like dive into like one of my favorite characters, but we, uh, we get to meet young Leonardo da Vinci, which was like mind blowing for me because I, I loved reading about Leonardo da Vinci in, in school, in history class. And so seeing him like as a young man in this game, like, you know, before he becomes, you know, really famous for all the, all the inventions and stuff that he did, like he had done in his life. Um, like getting to see him in this game and interacting with him, I was just like, I was giddy. I was on cloud nine. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing! I get to interact with one of the historical figures that I learned about in school. And ah, so <laughs> huge history nerd geek out moment right there. <laughs> that's that's really like when this game, like you know, really really entered my heart and stayed there forever. This franchise was just, like, amazing to me (laughs) after that point. Um, but yeah, so, uh, back back to the upgrades before I keep gushing. (laughs) Right, 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 right. (laughs) Welcome to Scully's Gush episode. (laughs) 
So the uh, the health system in this game also got an upgrade as well, and was uh, more dynamic with synchronizations to the animus, causing the character to, to recover from like minor energy, like injuries. So say like you you stumbled off of a building and you got a little hurt, your health would recover. Um, or you know tripped over a wall like I have before. Um, <laughs> you know you would recover from your mi- from your minor injuries. However, more grievous injuries like you know uh, almost dying in a fight. Hello constantly me um would require visiting a street side doctor and you guys were in like the early 15th century italian renaissance it was plague mask doctors you go to the man with the little plague mask on and you're just like hey can i get can i buy some medicine from you can you heal me like it's oh my god i i lost my shit i squeed so hard (laughs) Because, like, you know, you go through the tutorial and you have to go to the doctor to get, like, you know, you know, healed from a fight that you you got in as a kid and stuff like that. And I'm just like, ah, oh, my God, because they they had plague doctors back then. They were having issues with, you know, plagues and diseases and stuff like that. And that's when you see these doctors putting on these plague masks and they would actually stuff stuff herbs into the noses of that mask. Mm-hmm. And they thought that was a way to, like, you know, keep the the germs and bacteria and, like, you know, diseases from getting to them. No, it was just them wearing a mask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the main thing. Yeah. I was just like, no, like, you didn't. That was, that, was, that was what they used as carbon filters back then. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we know a thing or two about plagues now. We've all lived through one. <laughs> right. It was like, and I was like, honestly, like, the herbs would probably, like, you know, filter out a lot of the stank. From some of these people, I would to imagine. Room. Yeah, that's probably the real reason they did oh, it, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. it was know. probably to get rid of the smell because they also thought, like, you know, um, there was an, a thing I was reading years back that was like they thought, you know, if you could smell the plague, you were bound to get it. And I was like, uh, um, uh, I mean, okay, technically yes, because you're you're breathing in and inhaling if it's a a disease that is spread, you know. Uh, through the air, then yes, you are correct, but <laughs> no. <laughs> so, hence doctors stuffed herbs in their plague doctor masks so they wouldn't smell or, you know, get contaminated. Which, honestly, I I should really look up and see how many doctors actually got sick with plague. <laughs> Despite the masks. Like, I want to see the ratio for that. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm kind of... I'm sure they still got... I, I, yeah. They didn't have the PPE that we have now, that's for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I mean, they were they were leather masks with like little goggles on them, like dude. Some of those it's things are like much hardcore. the same. It's like the mask we got on Fallout 76. They look mm-hmm. exactly like that. Oh yeah, definitely. Um But yeah, so you would, you know, you'd go to these doctors and you'd uh, you know, you'd ask them to you'd pay for them to heal you, or you could buy medicine that you could use later. But you could also find this medicine on unconscious or dead bodies, depending on how you played. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so some of the other upgrades we see in the game um, was like we'd kind of met, we kind of like talked about it, but there was just so much more detail in the in the game world compared to the first game. And like I had mentioned, the NPCs were like you know going about their their lives you know they had more human-like behavior they would sometimes be caught coughing or sneezing also referencing back to a lot of the diseases that were spreading around during that time which i was like that 
that tiny little fucking detail. Like, yes, chef's kiss. <laughs> I was like, not only are you giving them more human-like behavior, you're tying it into, you know, what's going on in that time era. There's a lot of disease spreading around back then. Um... But you could also, which was something new, something new. You could also hire groups of mercenaries, courtesans, which were prostitutes—a prettier way of saying prostitute—or um, thieves to fight, distract, or lure guards away. My favorite were the courtesans because, uh, hello, they were pretty and they're like they're cute little buns. Like they're, they look like cute. They were like foxes. always giggling like a bunch of little fairies. I remember that. I remember right? um, watching uh, my husband play Enzio, and he like hiding this group. Of the courtesans, and they're just giggling, distracting, like they're like, hi, and they giggle, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Right? I love Coverage them. Coverage like of silk and perfume. Nice. Yeah, they have their <laughs> little fans, and they're just like, mm-hmm. oh, they're so, they, they were probably my favorite feature added to the game. Yeah. I was like, hello, yes, please. <laughs> now, I spent a lot of money on them. <laughs> So, speaking of money, this reminds me, is this the game where the, the economic system was introduced where you were able to upgrade your 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 whole villa, I guess? Quote yes. Unquote, villa? So, okay. like, you could, you know, put money into the bank and stuff like that and help upgrade the, uh, the villa that you were staying at after, you know, uh, all the things that happened in the beginning. Um, to get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it really introduced more of a money system in this game. You, you had more to do with your coin than, you know, in the first game. I'm not even sure in the first game you had coin. I was like, I remember walking up to shops like, can I buy some stuff? But this one, like, this was the first game where you could actually go and buy things. Mm-hmm. And there were even there were even shops. There were like tailors and stuff like that. You could get like new colors for your assassin's uniform and stuff like that. I spent a lot of time in this game. <laughs> Let me tell you, <laughs> Scully likes her customization. Oh. <laughs> Especially when they tie it into the game, too. It's not just, you know, you go into character, you know, creation mode. Like, it was, I had to go to a store. I had to talk to the tailor, you know, pick out what I wanted, pay them, and stuff like that. And I believe you could also, like, invest in stores, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I remember that. Really? Yeah. It was really cool. So, it was just, oh, it was, I I can't say it enough. This game was amazing. (laughs) back yeah back it was a huge upgrade from the first one i remember this was like actually the most enjoyable game i watched besides uh the pirate one later on and then american revolution but oh, i yeah. think that this one though was definitely like okay so let's ignore the first one that one never happened but here's our newest game yeah that, <laughs> one, that one was like our our our, our training game wheels, long you know, tutorial the- tutorial yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um now this with this game if i remember it it had to do a lot to like it depends on like what he did in each city mm-hmm. it was like a notoriety or your repetition 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 here we go i can't pronounce words words um like so let's say he was vile and evil in one city it would it would also affect how he was interacted in that city yes so okay cool you had a you had modded posters and stuff like that and if you wanted to like get your notoriety down you had to like tear down the posters or bribe some priests and stuff like that you know um to like get your notoriety down and that way guards like when you get close to a guard they wouldn't be like hey you you're the guy on the wanted poster so it was, no, it was really cool. They definitely utilized the world itself and used a lot of new mechanics in it. So it was just 
Ah! And speaking of mechanics, you guys, this is the one where we actually see a night and day cycle. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, um, I was like, and I, like, I didn't even think about that being a new feature back when I played it either. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it gave the game more of a sense of time. And there were even missions that, and missions and events that only happened or you could only do during certain times of the day or at night. Which was also kind of a pain in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. That was kind of a big deal back then too, like having a yeah. night and day cycle like, oh, yeah. in a game <laughs> in 2009. <laughs> oh yeah, because you didn't see that in a lot of games. They weren't like, you know, do 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 do, you gotta do this at night, you know, you would, you know, you'd be doing one, like, one part of the story and it would be daytime for that whole part of the story and then you would do go to a cutscene and then maybe the next part of the, like, the next tiny bit of the story after the cutscene was at night and you would do that and then cutscene and you transition back to that but this one actually had a cycle where as you were playing the time would pass in the game and the sun would go down the stars would come out and then the sun would come back up so it was it was really cool being in the game and watching this happen as I'm playing. <laughs> yeah. And by playing, I mean I'm jumping around, looting things. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I started yeah. becoming like a, I gotta look at all the places kind of player. <laughs> Loot demons, as we call yes. it, in some circles. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, there's a balcony up there. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's a, a little little chest up there with some coin. <laughs> <laughs> These- but this is when this is when those those loot demon things could happen though yeah i can't think of a time when well no i guess like even in okay no there but it wasn't as prevalent how about that you know yeah, yeah. Well, i'm thinking the, of like the, the games are- mm-hmm. yeah like that 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 did have quite a bit but yeah Oh yeah, for me personally, this was this was definitely my first game where I was running around and you know looting things because I was like, "Ooh, I opened a chest. Ooh, it had some coin in it. I wonder if there's more around here." Right? Yeah. <laughs> because again, you had that that coin system where you're using your coin to upgrade things, upgrade you know weapons, get you know new new cosmetic colors for your outfit and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I spent a lot of time looking for the money. I wanted that coin, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Ooh, so I, I mentioned it earlier about young Leonardo da Vinci in this game. Um, but he, uh, so we don't just like see him. He's not like, oh, hey, what's up? How's it going? Um, he's actually an ally in this game. So like they, he ties into the story and everything like that. We start going for him, going to him for like a uh, new weapons and stuff that he's translating from these codex pages that are from okay. Altair. So oh. it ties into the previous game. So we've got all this like history stuff from Altair. We've got these codex pages, and it, there's a scene that's really funny where uh, we get our hidden blade. And the original schematics for it, they had to cut off a finger in order to get that blade to work. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Ew. ew. So. Uh, oh my god. Leonardo turns around and he's like, alright, I've got the plans for it. He goes, but, and he pulls out this big butcher knife. He goes, you're you're gonna have to lose a finger. And, and she was like, oh, and he goes, I'm just kidding. I improved on it. You don't need to, you know, cut off a finger anymore. So Leonardo da Vinci was a character in the storyline who really progressed the weapon systems for the assassins in the, the whole so overall story. That's funny. Yeah, 
<laughs> so we went from needing to lose a finger to not having to lose one. <laughs> so, and... Um, yeah, I was like, and of course, when you think Leonardo da Vinci, you also think his... You also see, like, you know, his sketches and stuff for his flying machine. And, um... Yeah. Yeah, so... You actually get to use... Oops, sorry. You actually get to use it for one mission. So what? what? I did not not see that in the Let's Plays. Oh my god. Like, it's towards the end of the game where, you know, he's just like, uh, you know, Ezio's just like, ooh, can I use that? And he's just like, uh... And he actually uses it. He's like, you know, I haven't really tested it or anything like that. And he actually gets to use it and it works. And it's just, like, amazing. So you're like, you're like you know, swooping down on enemies, like, kicking them in the face and sending them flying off of the building. Like, it's... Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Right? It was just, like, I... Total nerd gushing moment at that, like, that part (laughs) of the game. I was, like... "Ah!" I was, like, literally screaming. People were, like, calm down, girl. I'm, like, you don't understand. (laughs) So, that was... It was really cool. And then, um... There's also a part in uh, in this mission where it ties into uh, the, one of the new mechanic, new travel mechanics. You're mm-hmm. actually like uh, driving a carriage to help protect uh, Leonardo because he's helping the assassins. So at some point he gets targeted by the Templars. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so you have to help, you know, protect him. And there's this whole carriage mission and stuff like that. And that's really where like the first point in the franchise where we see a lot of um, carriages being involved mm-hmm. in missions, which we see again in Assassin's Creed Syndicate. So this is something that they, they introduced and kind of like dabbled with in Assassin's Creed 2 and went, you know what, this is pretty cool. Let's let's utilize this more in some of our other games further down the road. So mm-hmm. uh, that was that was pretty cool to me. I was like, hey look, I remember doing that. I hated that mission. <laughs> I'm not a good driver <laughs> in video games. I'm, I'm a decent driver in real life, I promise. <laughs> um, but uh, also another thing that I wanted to note was um, this game has my all-time favorite cutscene, <laughs> and it's oh. literally one of Ezio's. Uh, Ezio's first love is like kind of like teasing him, and I put a link to the cutscene in the uh, the outline, and I'll put it into the show notes if you guys want to watch it. But um, Christina is like his. Uh, it's kind of like a star-crossed lover kind of thing, like a. Uh, her father is actually, you find out later, a Templar. Um, and, oh. you know, their families don't get along, but, you know, he's head over heels for her. And she's just like, oh, you're cute, I guess. Um, but he, like, <laughs> in the beginning of the thing, he goes to visit her uh, in the evening. And he's like, you know, like, you know, shouting up to her window. And she's like, can I come up? And she's like, fine, but only for a minute. And he goes, a minute is all I need. And Christina turns, like, replies, indeed. And Estia's like, wait, oh. that came out wrong. <laughs> it's just like, oh, she got you Damn. good. Yep. But she's, okay, to be fair, uh, though, he was a teenager in this part of the game. Yes. So he was, he was she's probably not wrong. <laughs> But she was also young herself, so, like, you yeah. know, it was that young love, but it was just so funny. There. It tickled me. I was like, girl, the sass on this girl. Like, I love her. Hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she she does come back from time to time throughout uh, Etio's storyline. Um, but she is not the mother of the ancestor, I'm, right? I'm not actually sure. 
I don't think she I, know. I think it's just a... Fr- okay. Yeah. I know she's a flame and she comes back, but I'm not sure if she actually uh, is the one that continues on Ezio's bloodline. Got it. Okay. I was like, there, uh, to be honest, there might be a few women who actually carry on Ezio's bloodline. He has a lot of, lot of romance <laughs> in his stories. <laughs> Would not be surprised if that seed spread far and wide. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, but... Now that, now that I've gotten all my gushing and all of the, you know, updates to this game out of the way, let's jump into the storyline. You guys ready? Oh my gosh, wait, that, none of that was the storyline? <laughs> <Right. laughs> that was just all, all new game mechanics and stuff like that that I tied know, in. I w- right, added Sweet. to the whole storyline, yeah. I was like, I love, I love when they, when they do that. They're like, oh, you know, it's not just new game features. We tied it into the lore. And I'm like, thank you. That takes effort. Like that takes extra effort. It's not just, oh hey, look, here's your, you know, your new stuff tutorial. Here's how you do this. Mm-hmm. Like it's actually like you can read up on it in the game, which was really cool. Um, so yeah, storyline. Um, so we're picking up where we left off in Assassin's Creed One. So we've been begin with like a recap of the last game as Desmond's giving like a brief monologue about the events of the first game and his current predicament. And uh, we're picking up like a few hours after the events of Assassin's Creed uh, 1 in uh, in the timeline of 2012, which was like the future for us in 2009. <laughs> um, uh, he was, you know, being held prisoner by the modern day Templars of Sturgo Industries, and he's being forced to relive the genetic memories of his ancestor Altair so they could discover the locations of the pieces of Eden. And if you're unfamiliar with a lot of the terms we're going to use, please go back to the first <laughs> Assassin's Creed episode or one of, you know, one of the two overview episodes of the franchise that we do. We do go in depth about the terminology you'll see in these games. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's like, but for time purposes, we will not be recapping those. <laughs> <this episode. laughs> or going forward. So... <laughs> If you really want, Google is a great way to read up on the terminology in Assassin's Creed. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, we also know from the first game that he's already suffering from the bleeding effect um, and has gained eagle vision. So that's enabling him to see all of uh, Subject 16's blood Picasso messages that he leaves all over the room. Interesting. Yeah. Blood Picasso right there. Um and Subject 16 suffered and eventually subcame to the bleeding effect. Uh, so, now, um, can you remind me again what was the bleeding effect? That's when your uh, everything you're reliving from your ancestors' past lives bleeds into your reality. Oh, oh yeah. okay, got it. Okay, And then eventually, you know, drives you insane. Uh, <laughs> so, uh... Let's see. Um, so Desmond is rescued from his room out of Sergo by Lucy Stillman, who, uh, you know, is posing as an Abstergo employee, but really is working for the assassins. Um, she, you know, she comes in, she's covered in blood because the assassins are currently attacking. Um, and, beca- you know, they're trying to, you know, the assassins are trying to bust them out. So people are getting hurt. There's blood everywhere. Um, so she she gets Desmond back into the Animus real quick before they, you know, get the fuck out of there. And you get to watch the birth of Ezio Aldatore de Frenze. <laughs> is, 
And this is where we, we talked about it in one of the overview episodes where I was like, you, you literally you literally start out being born. All right. Oh, yep. like in Fallout 3. Yeah. Except for this time, like, they, you know, the baby comes out and they're just like, uh, he's not breathing. And the dad's like, come on, you're a fighter. You're you're an auditore. And you get to control the baby's movements by pressing certain buttons. So, uh, oh, you know, like Fallout 3. <laughs> yeah. So you literally, you know, you know, you end up, you know, getting the baby to breathe. And then uh, while this is going on, Lucy's making a copy of all the files from the Animus for the assassins. Um, okay. And then, you know, zoom forward through the escape and stuff like that. Um, they meet up at a warehouse with a couple of fellow assassins, Sean Hastings and Rebecca Crane. And they've set up their own little base of operations there, complete with their own super cool version of the Animus, which is the Animus 2.0. So this is the upgraded version. So this is where, you know, they tied that all those game upgrades into this new Animus. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, they have Desmond start his adventures diving into, uh, you know, Ezio's past life um, in order to continue the search for the remaining pieces of Eden so they can get them before Abstergo does. Um, meanwhile, uh, Lucy is also training Desmond to become an assassin in their timeline by exploiting the bleeding effect, which is like, you know, a unique way of doing things. Instead of actually training him, they're going to use, you know, this, uh, you know, mental illness that he's getting from, you know, the animus to, you Mm -hmm. know, train him to become an assassin. Um, So while he's, you know, training to be an assassin in Ezio's past life, he's actually using, uh, using and applying those skills in his own timeline as well. Um, so that's when we get to start to get to like, you know, see cutscenes where we're actually fighting in modern times as Desmond later on. So that's actually kind of cool. Um, so instead of just walking around and being a prisoner, we're actually being a badass now. <laughs> um, nice. so, uh, you know, it, it sounds pretty cool, but like, you know, it's a mental illness that's literally going to drive him insane one day. So maybe not so cool having him do this. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. No. We didn't know cigarettes were bad at one point in time, so. Exactly. I was like, oh, you know. But. You live and learn. Yeah. A little was, bleeding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, like, Lucy knows that the bleeding effect is a bad thing. <laughs> but they're still yeah. like, you know what? We're just going to embrace this. This is going to happen anyway, so we might as well use it to our advantage. And I was like, damn. I mean, okay, girl. Desperate times, mm-hmm. desperate measures, I guess. Um, so now let's pop back to Ezio. So Ezio, uh, he lives in Italy during the, uh, Renaissance. He's about 17, so he's, he's a bebe. And he discovers that his family's been betrayed by a close friend of his father's. Um, during this whole, like, you know, political coup that's going on. Um, his friend's father ends up going, oh, uh, the Alatores did it. When really it was him. Um, mm-hmm. so he frames them essentially and uh Ezio luckily isn't home because he had spent the night with uh Christina you know bow chica bow wow um <laughs> because he lasted more than a minute yeah <laughs> <laughs> he actually gets chased you know uh he gets chased out in the morning jumps out the window and runs away um oh, uh and he ends up going home to find out you know what had happened and so uh Ezio's father had left some instructions for him 
and it leads into this hidden room in their home with a chest containing the clothing and weapons of an assassin. So his father did not actually did not want to raise his children as assassins. He wanted to leave his assassin life behind him and, you know, raise a family and let them have normal lives. But unfortunately, that that didn't happen. Um, and sadly, despite all of Ezio's efforts, he's unable to save his two brothers and his father uh, from oh. the friend that betrayed them. And all three were falsely convicted of treason and hanged to death. Publicly. Uh, this is the part that I had mentioned prior where, you know, Ezio's running towards the gallows to save them, but the Templars were literally using the public hanging uh, as a trap to lure him out because they also wanted to kill Ezio, too. They wanted to kill all the men in the family because, you know, uh, women, that's fine. They won't do anything. The men, though, they might come after us. I was like... Gosh. I was like, bitch, you have... Yeah, I was like... Future Assassin's Creed games. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I was like, bitch, please. (laughs) There have been female assassins before, but it's that timer where, you know, men are considered the ones who do things to take actions. Women are the ones who stay home and raise the kids. Um, Mm -hmm. So... Silly. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, little did they know. And his sister actually eventually becomes an assassin herself as well. So, joke's on them. Um... (laughs) so yeah it's definitely like this part was definitely like they came out swinging for your feels they were like hey here's mm-hmm. a knife guess where it's going your feels I was like no yeah. <laughs> um so they end up you know uh, evacuating their home like he gets his mom and his sister out of there um and their housemaid actually has a sister who is a badass madame of a brothel and she goes hey you know my sister can hide you guys for now until we're able to get you out of the city and uh she actually teaches the sister teaches Ezio some survival techniques and i was like oh this is like my favorite part of the tutorial process was like you know learning about the courtesans and you know what they could do and what i could do to blend in with the the world and stuff like that so it was it was really cool um she also like i, I think she also teaches him a little bit about poison as well because you know that mm-hmm. was the uh the woman's choice of, uh, you know, killing ben, someone, yeah. poison. <laughs> Work um, smarter, not harder. Exactly. I, mean, I would do it. <laughs> it was like, and especially ben. back then, it was more discreet because they couldn't trace poison as well as they can today. Right. Plus, uh, parkour is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, Josh would be like, is there an Uber? The Renaissance version of Uber. <laughs> Actually, Josh is a really good driver because he drives a lot of good games. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, after, you know, losing, um, losing like, you know, half, more than half of their family. No, actually, half of their family. Um, he uh, he ends up taking his sister and his mother, who's uh, like, you know, she's not speaking anymore. Like, the woman's in shock. She lost a husband, two sons, one of whom was a literal freaking child. I think he was like eight. I was like, they hung a, a baby. baby. They hung a literal freaking baby. Um, so, you know, she's allowed to shut down and just, like, not talk to anyone for a bit and just kind of, like, go through the motions of the day. Um, Mm -hmm. so, like, she's very quiet for the rest of the game. She doesn't really talk. She doesn't really interact. And then, like, when she does, it's just like, holy shit. Um, so they, uh, yeah, they end up escaping to their family's countryside villa where they're given shelter by Ezio's uncle, Mario. Not Mario 
from Super Mario. <laughs> totally oh, different. I was like, badass. And his Mario. brother Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, Mario, huh? I was like, Mario is a very Italian name, so it's, it was very common back then too. Um. So, uh, Mario, his uncle, ends up beginning training Ezio to become an assassin. Um, he also provides him information and leads on the conspirators involved in his family's betrayal, which takes uh, Ezio to places like Florence, uh, San Germain. I can't pronounce that one. Shit. Gim. Gimgnano? <laughs> oh, God. Um, Your guess is as good as my eye. Yeah. I have no idea. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> yeah, same here. It's a G-I-M-I-G-N-A-N-O. There you go. Bless you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Forelli, I want to say, is the, one of the other cities. Um, and Venice. And eventually, you end up uh, having to uh, track down the Vatican. So you have to, like, that's... Hmm, the Vatican. Wow. Um... <laughs> So yeah, during his travel, Ezio begins slowly locating and assassinating all of the assassinating all of the conspirators involved, and is ultimately able to identify Rodrigo Borgia as the Grand Master of the Italian Templars. He's this big chunky man, and he's just like, "I'm bad, I'm in charge," but really, he's a big pussy. <laughs> we'll see that later. <laughs> oh he's God, a pansy. <laughs> Um, so, and, like, this guy's main goal is to take control of all of Italy. So, Ezio ends up tracking him down to Venice and discovers that Rodrigo has the apple, which is an artifact similar to the one that Ezio possessed almost three centuries prior. Um, my guess is, like, you know, they had more than one because I'm assuming they needed more than one to control the humans in that prior civilization run by the Izu. Uh, so, you know, there's got to be more than one. I mean, we do see two of them in a, in a cutscene that we discover later on. We'll get mm. to that. Um, but Rodrigo, he's, he's very full of himself. He believes he's the prophet named in the documentation of all of these artifacts that would ultimately lead to them uh, lead them to a location known as the Vault, which is believed to contain a powerful uh, contain powerful information and more pieces of Eden. Um, and okay. an overseer. And an overseer, yes. exactly. A bunch of people in blue suits. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, like they eventually end up fighting and Rodrigo calls for backup because he's a wimp. But Ezio's friends that he's made along his journeys all show up and kick ass, causing Rodrigo to flee and leave the apple behind because he's a little bitch. <laughs> So Ezio's friends finally reveal to him that they're all members of the uh, Assassin's Order um, and uh, induct Ezio into the Order, informing him that they believe him to be the actual prophet who will lead the Assassins, not the Templars, to the Vault. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we jump back. At this point, we jump back to uh, 2012. And Desmond is taking, like, you know, his short breaks to train and see if the bleeding effect is actually working in the way that they're hoping it will. And he's actually able to demonstrate all of Ezio's skill, indicating that, yes, he did absorb years' worth of abilities in only a matter of hours. Um, can I get that, too, please, without the, you know, mental breakdown? 
later. Yeah, imagine mm-hmm. how much you could save on college if it was just a download like that. Oh yeah. But yeah, so um, however, during one of these breaks, he starts hallucinating. So the bleeding effect is progressing on his mental psyche, and he starts hallucinating oh, no. and returns mm-hmm. to the body of Altair in, uh, I can't pronounce that, it's A-C-R-E? Acre? I butchered that. I know I did. Uh, but yeah, so uh, during this memory, Altair is making love to Maria, because, you know, we touched up, we touched base on that, that's his lover. Um, she's an ex-Templar. And Desmond is really confused to find that after Altair leaves after the horizontal tango, the memory stays behind with Maria, thus showing us the bloodline continued from Altair to eventually Ezio. So this is where we get that confirmation that yes, Maria was the one, you know, he bounced chicken wow wound with and carried on the bloodline. So instead of, it's not actually staying with Maria, it's staying with the tiny little twinkle in her eye that will soon be a baby. <laughs> Bye-bye. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I get it. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that is... Oh, shit, that's cool. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, when he comes to... Uh, they go back into Ezio's world after this. And Desmond discovers multiple glyphs placed on various locations and landmarks that are only visible to someone using the Animus with that eagle vision. Um, the glyphs are the same ones drawn on the bedroom wall in Abstergo, and the analysis reveals that they contain computer code. So, Subject 16 actually hacked into the Animus and placed these glyphs within the memories within himself. Um, so, <coughs> like, you know, since they're, you know, Subject 16 and Desmond Miles are related, they share the same ancestors, so he's able to leave these, like, you know, these clues and stuff in that genetic memory in the Animus files. So um, they had copied those from Abstergo and they're using them right now. So uh, let's see, where was I? (laughs) So yeah, it carried over to the new Animus um, when she loaded it onto the new one. And each glyph contained a great number of historical works, photographs, and messages, past and present, uh, implicating a great number of prominent events and figures with the Templars and Pieces of Eden. So it's really cool. There's one with uh, Napoleon, and you see, like, the Apple of Eden in the background. And I was like, hello, hello. So it was really cool to see, like, them take a lot of these historical paintings from, like, you know, historical figures and adding in these Pieces of Eden hidden in. And, you know, tying that into, like, our history in this world. Um, so each each of them contained a puzzle of some sort, which was really cool. And when you solved it, it contained clips of a larger video. So he took like this this video from his genetic uh, past and like you know encoded them and hid them inside the animus, so only someone using it could find it. Um, so the clips, however, they, you know they're really short. They're out of sequence. Um, so after you locate them all and solve all 20 glyphs, the video is revealed. And I did link that in, uh, in the outline and I'll put that in the show notes too, if you want to watch it. Um, this is the video that we talked about that, uh, where we talked about Adam and Eve, the first human Izu hybrids that were escaping with an apple of Eden. Okay. So you get to see that, that whole, like, you know, them jumping around like assassins, uh, Mm -hmm trying to escape with a piece of Eden and like 
there there's something following them, which is why there's uh you know uh like a video and they turn around. So you know it was it was something that was following them, and that's what we're seeing. So it was like it was like that was probably the coolest moment because I wanted more of that content. I wanted to know more about the you know prior civilization and stuff like that, and the Izu where all these pieces of Eden came from. So it was really cool. We get that in this very unique way that they introduced into the game. So I was like, ah, this is cool. <laughs> um. So after all of those uh, breaks and stuff, uh, we're going back to the the breaks. We're going back into the animus again. Um, they uh, they end up finding that a lot of the memories are corrupted, and they aren't able to begin uh, where they left off, or like the last time they pulled them out of the animus. They're actually able to only pick up years after the fight between the assassins of Rodrigo. So this is where we left off with uh, Ezio. We you know kicked butt they they brought him into the order and now we're going back into the animus and we can't pick up where we left off because all the the files are corrupt for some reason so they're like okay the closest we can get you to that point in time would be years after (laughs) so uh we restart our memories in 1499 i believe yeah and uh which is weird because like when you look up the time era for this it says the late 1500s but actually it's like the late 1400s um uh it's the late 15th century yeah 15th century yeah yeah i think because the centuries are like one it's so weird because we're technically in the 21st century but we're in the 2000s and last year we were in the 20 or last century we were in the 20th century but it was the 1900s yeah okay it's always like one right i think so I'm confused. I have no idea. <laughs> Either way, it's a long time ago. Yeah, it's, a, it's in the way back machine. That's how we got here. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the way, way back machine. It gets so confusing with the timelines in this game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, series. definitely. You jump because then we're going to jump to like another era. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, uh, we find, you know, we jump back in. We find that the Templars have gained influence and power in the Catholic Church. Dun, dun, dun. That's not surprising. There was a lot of corruption in the Catholic Church back then. Um, no. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Catholics using their no religion way. to do bad things. Yep. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, they weren't Definitely the only. doesn't happen yeah. now either. Yeah. What? I was like, they, they are <laughs> no, not the only religion that does that. They are all, there are people in every type of religion that use their religion for bad things. So Truth. I was like, yeah. But, it, but in this storyline... With the Templars and Assassins, the Templars end up using the Catholic faith to uh, do all their bad things. Um, so, Rodrigo has now been selected as Pope Alexander the uh, Fourth? Is it the, the I after the V that's four, or is it before the V? Oh, God, I can't remember. Uh, oh, how do I know my Roman numerals again? <laughs> Wait, so it's one, two, three. No, I think it's the sixth. I before the V is four. Yeah. So it's sixth? Yeah. yeah so, okay. Alexander the Sixth. There we go. I was just like, wait a minute. I'm like, I'm seeing Roman numerals in my head going, okay, there's, there's a bunch of eyes after it, then then that's not four. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, let's see. So Ezio and his friends soon collect all 30 pages of the Codex and discover that the vault lies in Rome, uh, specifically underneath the Vatican. They're literally sitting on top of it. 
Um, this sounds like that Tom Hanks movie with Da Vinci, the Da Vinci. Yes, <laughs> and I'm wondering if, like, you know, they pulled, like, if they pulled inspiration from that, from that, or if they, you know, pulled inspiration from Assassin's Creed. I don't know, but I don't know. it was right it around was, the same time, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm just like, yeah. but either way, here we are. <laughs> um, but they also realized that the papa uh, papal staff. I want to. I think I'm papal papal staff. Is another piece of Eden. So we're just going to call it the staff. (laughs) So we can stop butchering it. The uh, The poppy staff. The poppy. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear God. Tris over here cringing at us right now. I'm just like, (laughs) no, actually, it's just because, like, I don't know how to pronounce half these cities. And and I'm just like, y'all are doing better than me. Um, but yeah, so this staff is another piece of Eden, and Rodrigo is actually hoping to use it to get into the vault. So he has this staff. Um, Ezio travels to the Vatican and attempts to assassinate Rodrigo, um, but he uses the staff against him. Um, and Ezio retaliates with the apple, because remember, Ezio has the apple. Um, during the ensuing battle, Ezio is actually stabbed, and Rodrigo escapes with both pieces of Eden. Again, because, you know, escaping is just his thing. Um, so Ezio chases after him and finds Rodrigo trying to open the vault in vain. Because, uh, my dude, you ain't the prophet! (laughs) Um, the two fight once more, and Rodrigo eventually falls. However, Ezio refuses to kill him, insisting that he has killed enough in his life and the continued deaths will not reverse the fate of his family. It won't take back what happened. I I'm hate just that. Like, just off him. Come yeah. on. I'm just like, look at, <laughs> like, look at him. He's all grown up. He grows so no. fast. Ugh. But also, Every time that happens, I'm like, that's just so that you can have another sequel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but also like, you get that satisfaction of Rigo, or like Rodrigo watching Ezio open the vault and knowing that he wasn't the prophet, it was Ezio. Oh, okay, actually, yeah, okay, then I guess it is, I guess it is kind of worth it then. Yeah, <laughs> I was mind. just like, oh, <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> like rubbing it in his face, like, you ain't yeah. the dude, my dude. <laughs> um, so yeah, Ezio ends up proving himself to be the prophet when he uses the apple and the staff to open the vault. Um, and I also had him here. Sucks to suck, Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so once we're inside the vault, he finds not the pieces of Eden, but an empty room with a holographic figure named Minerva. Not the one you see in Fallout 76. <laughs> oh, I was saying, this, what's she selling? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> is there a discount this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> this is Minerva, the, uh, the Izu. So she's one of the, uh, you know, the other race that lived on Earth way back when, way before Ezio. Um, she claims that she brought Ezio to her so that, you know, almost 600 years later, Desmond and his allies would hear her words through the Animus. And boy, is Ezio confused as hell. Because he's like, what the fuck is the Animus? What the fuck are you talking about? I am not Desmond. I am Ezio. What? Um... So she, you know, basically ignores his confusion and she explains that uh, she and her race were part of an advanced society that settled on Earth before a celestial event destroyed most of the life on Earth. 
before the, disa- the disaster, uh, you know, happened, the members of her species created humans and used them as a race for their workforce. So they essentially, you know, created humans as slaves to do all their bidding. Um, however, of course, you know, people don't like being, you know, forced to do things. Um, humanity ends up rebelling against their creators and initiated a long-spanning war. Ultimately, the humans seemingly won, uh, but the catastrophe occurred, wiping out many humans and the predecessor race, the Izu. Um, of those remaining of the two species, they worked together to create, recreate the world before the advanced race sealed themselves in their and the rest of their kind uh, in the temples around the world hoping to prevent the same disaster that destroyed their kind from happening again. So, like, you know, they're looking out for the future. That's pretty much what they're doing. They're like, you know, we we cool, and there's, like, less of us than there are of you, so you guys go ahead and populate the Earth. We're gonna go hide out in these temples and make sure that this shit doesn't happen again. <laughs> we'll have a better life underground. <laughs> yes! <laughs> and here comes the vault. Vault-tech. Vault-tech. <laughs> yep. Vault-tech's beginning. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So as Minerva, Minerva finishes, like, you know, telling Desmond, uh, she's, you know, she's, uh, you know, speaks to Desmond again by name. She's like, hey, Desmond, what's up, boo? Um, she informs him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she tells him about all that she's done and all that she needs to do and that the rest remains up to him and his allies. Um, so this memory ends and Desmond gets pulled out of the Animus to find out that Abstergo is attacking the assassins. Uh, and they're just like, you know, oh shit, they're here, they're here. Um, so Desmond is given a hidden blade by Lucy and the two of them run downstairs to stop the uh, stop the Templar guards um, as Sean and Rebecca pack up their equipment. Because, you know, they're the tech guys. <laughs> Um, with the uh, the skills he's gotten through the bleeding effect from, you know, reliving Ezio's past life, Desmond's able to, like, you know, get rid of the forces that have been sent, you know, to kick their butts and take all of their information. Um, he also discovers Warden Vic standing in the back of a truck, and, you know, he's sarcastically telling Desmond to enjoy his temporary victory while the truck drives away. Because, you know, Warden is the, the guy at that the Astergo employee heading that project where they were keeping Desmond captive. And he's a jackass. <laughs> um, uh, so from there, Sean and Rebecca finish gathering their equipment and Lucy reassures Desmond that, you know, Vidic will get what he deserves because, yeah, he's a prick. He's gonna get what's coming to him. Karma comes around, bitch! Um... <laughs> <laughs> So the the group vacates their new hideout and they attempt to find a new safe house where, according to Lucy, they should be safe for some time. As they're driving, uh, Lucy repairs to review the tapes of Desmond's last session, noting how the situation has escalated dramatically and how Minerva's words, words proved everything that she was afraid of. She theorizes that Minerva was discussing the Earth's geomagnetic reversal which was a thing that was actually talked about back in 2009 when this game came out, um, uh, which would have been, you know, which would have had detrimental effects on the planet. You know, I believe that's like the, the poles flipping, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. Yeah. I, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, Yeah. Um, so Rebecca is, you know, repa- repairing the Animus 
for Desmond to re-enter as Lucy speculates there may be more to discover in his memories. And that's where the story ends. Dun dun dun. Yep. But it's like, just beginning because <laughs> we're only in game two. Yeah, I know. And it's this is so- the yeah, and this is the first installment of Ezio's uh, little mini series in the franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ah. Which and and everything's tied in anyway, right? Like even if yeah. it's outside of Ezio, like so it's just like knowing that we know that there's like you know what ten other games or nine other games. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack. Oh yeah. It's just like, and it's it's really cool. I love how like they tie in history and they tie in like current events that were happening around the time that this game launched, like the uh, geomagnetic reversal. Yeah, I was like, that was that was a thing. People like you know, the they like, thought it was gonna happen. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're like they they're supposed to reverse. They're supposed to flip flop, and then everything's supposed to go to chaos, like you know, chaos and stuff like that. Because we had the ice age and stuff like that, and that's what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Like you know. We had the ice age, like everything froze over, and there was a bunch of woolly mammoths and stuff like that. And then uh, the, you know, everything melted from the ice age because the like the poles reversed. I, I remember diving into it back then. That back then, I had not dived into it since, but I think that's what I remember from it. I could totally be wrong though. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the the that because like it was shortly after this game came out was like the year 2012 and that's when everybody thought the world was going to end or not everybody but the crazies thought the world was going to end oh yeah um so there was like the movies like about like the end of the world around that time and i'm pretty sure yeah it was something about the poles reversing what was the the other the day after tomorrow or something like that was another one that came after oh that was 2004 oh lord i'm Jesus. Okay, never mind. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm old. <laughs> I'm referring think- to movies that are yeah. much older. <laughs> <laughs> but if you think about it, like, you know, they were working on this game up to 2009, so. That's true. Yeah. Shortly after. Maybe they got inspired by Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it's, it's definitely, like, I, I love, I mean, you, they really, like, dove more into the history and, like, historical figures and stuff like that with this game. And it's something that they've continued to do since. Yeah, they didn't really do it in the first one, did they? Not like, too not much. To the like, same extent. Yeah, like they were they were like a few historical figures. They had a few historical locations. It was in a historical time, the uh, the Three Kings War, um, mm-hmm. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But they definitely pulled a lot more with this game than they did prior because there are, there are some names in here that I didn't even like touch base on but there are some other historical figures in here and stuff like that that we see but leonardo da vinci was probably one of my favorites so i was like i'm gonna point him out hello (laughs) yeah (laughs) so it's uh definitely pretty cool to see that they they've continued to do that throughout the franchise and I like, like I said before, I would love to be at their little roundtable sessions when they're deciding, you know, what historical figures are going to be, you know, partnered with the Templars and what ones are going to be partnered with the Assassins. And I'm just like, oh boy, that would make sense. So, like, so you know, you're thinking, like, for example, Benjamin Franklin. Who did you think he would be one less on? You know? Yeah. And it's just like, in, like definitely, like I feel like you know, I know Abraham Lincoln is in uh one of the storylines uh shut Assassin's up really Creed. yeah there's dlc with abraham lincoln involved in it damn is yeah. he a vampire hunter in this one this oh. <laughs> 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 i 
I watched that movie because I was like, you know what, Abraham Lincoln is a vampire hunter. That's that's interesting. Oh boy, that was a movie. <laughs> it was it a was, book. It was a it movie. Was an, it was an amazing it was a, book to read. It was a book too. I didn't even know it was a book. No, it I was only a book before the it became a movie. Yeah, the book was so much oh, more entertaining to read. I did um, not know that. Oh, oh yeah, God. no, and there's like a whole series like that. So guys, you gotta check it out. The whole line. It's it's a. a Fun read. Oh my he ever imagined that he would become so iconic, know. right? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! It's like I always thought that you know Abraham Lincoln was a good figure in history, but they uh they they did some interesting things with Abraham Lincoln in this. Wait, he's not good in in the he's DLC. Really not good in, 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 the DLC, the DLC that I'm looking at makes him like the, just the looking at the artwork alone makes him look like he's part of the Templar Order. I will not believe that's they I did was him like, wrong. What? I was like, oh goodness, like what? So I don't know. We'll see. It might be that um you know that because we do see a lot in the franchise the role reversal that you end up playing as a Templar rather than an assassin. Um, it could mm. be that, you know, that part of the timeline where they, you know, it's from the Templar's point of view and he's, you know, working for the assassins and they're trying to take him out. But oof. But I think probably Leonardo da Vinci was my one of my favorites. Aside from Florence Nightingale in Syndicate. Cause ah, Florence Nightingale. I'm I'm like Googling Abraham Lincoln Assassin's Creed. I want to love it. <laughs> You're just like I'm obsessed. One track mind. Here we go. Oh yeah, because we were. Oh no no no. He was shot by the Templar affiliate John Wilkes Booth. Oh, now, that oh. makes sense. Shut okay. up. That awesome. makes sense. That's awesome. Okay. Okay, so it, well it might have been one of it might have been like a re- reversal role reversal DLC that I was looking at. I was oh. like, I like, I didn't really dive into it because it was during our research for the overviews episodes, and I was like, I'm not gonna dive into that black hole, but I want to know. <laughs> I was like, oh man, yeah, there's like, I don't, we maybe we'll do DLC episodes for each of the games. Oh, maybe, yeah, because Booth was hunted down by the assassins. Spoiler. <laughs> yes, of course he was. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, so it's just, it's really interesting to see what they do, because it wasn't, wasn't like, uh, the, the, uh, inventor of Ford was a Templar. The inventor of, oh yeah, Henry Ford? Yeah. Yeah, Henry Ford was a, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, that, that's interesting. But if you- That, that definitely yeah. makes sense. <laughs> but if you look at, like, the modern, modern Templars and the storyline, they're, they're in technology companies. So I was like, the automobile was a technological advancement. <laughs> yes. Oh, Elon Musk, totally Templar. <laughs> that fucking douchebag. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I, I would throw some names out there, but I don't want to, I don't want to- start that political train going. <laughs> I'm not jumping on that. Nope. I, I don't like, care. I'll talk shit about Elon anytime. <laughs> I, I know there are some people stand that, that are, guy. Yeah. I know there are some people that are like, I know what name you're talking, you're thinking about, Scully. I know. And I'm like, yep, that's that's the name I'm thinking about right now. <laughs> Templar. Templar all over him. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, um, that's Assassin's Creed 2. <laughs> Yeah, we did it. Well, you did oh. it, girl. Yeah, I, 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 like I said, I only, I only watch let's plays and and did my like Wikipedia and 
you know, deep dive gamer website things, but yeah. Yeah, I know. You've it's actually played it though. <laughs> oh yeah. I really like this is when I really like enjoyed the Assassin's Creed franchise was Ezio, but then I played a little bit of Brotherhood. I didn't care for it too much because it was like it introduced like new game mechanics that I wasn't familiar with and I like not too big on. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. But I did watch my brother play it. And I watched my brother play a bit of Revelations. And oh, Ezio, he is a fine wine. That man. Wait, the Revelations was the French one, right? Um, No, I believe Assassin's Creed Revelations was the last installment of the Ezio miniseries. Oh, it was. Oh, 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 okay. Okay. God, I can't keep up. This is, I feel like I did miss out on, like, a whole era of, like, video games by not playing Assassin's Creed back in 2009. Like, I was way too much in the Elder Scrolls and Fallout. <laughs> I think oh, yeah. I was uh, knee-deep in, like, in Skyrim, and I just had, like, I just gave birth to my second little one. So gaming was definitely low on my limited, two. yeah, limitless. I wasn't gaming as much as my second word, so I was mainly watching my husband and, and eldest play, you know, video games. So that's how I was able to watch most of these assassin games. Um, but my knowledge is not nearly as in that as Scully. <laughs> <laughs> I really dove into these games. <laughs> not gonna lie, it's For amazing. Real, man. It's amazing. Like, they're so they're so good though. They're such good games. It's such oh, a yeah. good series. But I definitely, I definitely did jump around in this series because I went from Assassin's Creed two to Assassin's Creed Origins to Syndicate. So I didn't play it all the way through, like I probably <laughs> should have. You played more than we did. So. <laughs> I mean, that's true. I'm just like Valhalla. Yeah, <laughs> I need like a, an Assassin's Creed entire franchise collection. I can just like throw my money at so I can have all the games and then just slowly make my way through them. Yeah, like back when The Sims had like the complete collection where you just buy every expansion. <gasps> right? <laughs> oh. Someone someone's gonna yeah. slide into my DMs with like, okay Scully, here you go. Here's some here's some things with all these games from Assassin's Creed and it and I'll be like, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> it was like, oh yeah. But honestly I've I've been playing too much Wonderlands. I I don't like I'm trying to balance Fallout, like the scoreboard, and Wonderlands right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like I want to play other games, but like I I want to finish Wonderlands. I enjoy the Borderlands universe, so I'm like I I want to like I want to keep playing this, but I'm like at the same time I want to get the scoreboard done because I want that brick house building kit at the end. They yes. always they always put those so nice more. kits at the end of the scoreboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the reason why I'm still doing it. Yeah, I just want the outfit, but I've I've already given up. I've already I'm I'm so overloaded with pixels. Oh, I'm just like I think I mentioned this in the previous episode. Like, there's just so many games now that I'm just like I can't keep up. Like, I, mm. I genuinely cannot keep up with oh, yeah. all of the games because there's so many good ones out right now. Although I can say Elden Ring, I'm probably done with. So there's at least that one's off the table. But <laughs> I'm like, come play Wonderlands with me, Josh. No, no more games. No more. I'm not no. buying any more what? games until I finish some of my other ones. Yeah. So I just got I just got all of the I got the like the three pack or whatever of like Borderlands games because I've only played like a little bit of one of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I got it for Switch, and I still haven't played all those. Because they were on sale. 
and now it's it's hard to balance these pixels. I know, right? I wanted like I so wanted to finish jump the Pokemon back. games. <laughs> oh no! I, I wanted to jump back into Borderlands and play it through before I got to Wonderlands, but I was like, I don't have time. Yeah, <laughs> all the all the cookie jars my hands are in. I don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> And people have been nice enough to, like, invite me to their events and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I have to. Like, I can't say no. Because, like, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, these are people that I've asked to join me for things. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, I, I gotta be there. And some oh, of them yeah, are like, this, were, so- this sounds yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. I you were just at an Easter egg hunt last time. This right? Yeah. For those of you who don't know, uh, C27Pen on Twitch, she, uh, she is a variety streamer she plays some 76 she plays some no man's skies um but she had a easter egg hunt no well, it wasn't just an easter egg hunt it was like a, a whole easter event on saturday that i got invited to and it was it was a lot of fun i liked i liked looking for those eggs did, did not like looking for those sugar bombs you do not know how scarce an item is until you have to look for it across the it map legit so hard to find. I, I know like three places that are, is a constant spawn. Like one of them is outside Vault Fifty One, but yeah, they're so wicked hard to find. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like sugar bombs are. I'm thinking of funnel cakes. Those are easier to find. But oh yeah, and best uh, snacks. Yeah, and purified water. It's really hard to find purified water in the wasteland without having to craft it or build it. Yeah. You know, like purifier at your I, camp i, uh, I just steal, steal it from somebody else's camp yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> i was like i had to find it like vanilla in the game and i was like oh lord oh. <laughs> jstar definitely did an amazing job at that though she was she was also there <laughs> she like she kicked that portion of the uh the game i was like oh okay who at least at least somebody it was like i got this <laughs> Meanwhile, I was like, I'm just going to wander around the wasteland and just pick up everything I see <laughs> and try not to die. I died a lot. A lot. But yeah, it was that was fun. <laughs> but oh, oh, my God. Speaking of life things, I, I know you two know, but Mama Bethesda noticed me. She did. <laughs> So I called you out and it's awesome. I know. So for those of you who don't know, um, I I stream shows on my Twitch channel. One of them is in Fallout 76 called Building Friendships Friday. And I actually got featured in one of Bethesda's articles for community events. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I mean, it's not technically a community event, but I do have guests on every week. So I guess that counts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. I was like, because these are these are guests from the community, like other content creators, other builders in the game. So it, it was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> and this is what I'm probably it's honestly like not to be biased or anything, but this is my favorite show because I love building. <laughs> So the fact that like one of my one of my favorites got featured, I was just I was over the moon. And it's it was super cool. It was so neat when you when you mentioned like we were in building Friendship Fridays, and I'm like, yeah. wait, you you what? You got featured? It was like two hours before. Yeah, I was oh like, my oh, god. 
That's amazing. Oh yeah, like I woke up to like a bunch of notifications. Like Ruck, like Rux was in the group chat, like yo, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> You're like, when you get all those notifications, I don't. Two things go through your mind: either oh my god, this is going to be really bad, or oh something really <laughs> exciting happened. <laughs> I was like, oh no, something horrible happened, or oh no, something great happened. And it was, it was something great. <laughs> I was like, this it was is something very good. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, this is the best thing I've ever woken up to. And granted, I like. I wake up at like 2 p.m. my time. I keep late hours, you guys. <laughs> so it was like everyone was like already like, oh my god, it's going. And I was like, I'm hello, I'm awake now. I see this. This is oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's just like, did you see? Did you see? And I was like, no, I've been asleep. <laughs> so it was it was really cool. <laughs> And, it was very, very exciting. Yeah. And I was like, and like, it was up there with like Tuniversal and Munchkin Jesse, who are two, like, two, yeah. like, two of the top uh, Fallout 76 streamers on Twitch, aside from like, you know, the handful of others that are in there. <laughs> but I was like, oh my God, like, I'm getting featured alongside, like, you know, some big names. Yeah, some big names. And I was like, and, you know, Wasteland Theater Co., who, um, yeah, yeah, like their, too, yeah. Yeah, their plays in Fallout 76 and they uh they do them live on the Fallout 50s channel. So it was like, oh my god, like I'm I'm being featured alongside of like some of my favorite content creators that are, you know, two of which are much bigger than I am. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was definitely um like buzzing around the house the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet. I wish yeah. I could have been a fly on the wall to see when you found out. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I—I I am like a bear when I wake up in the morning. Like you know, you know, when you hear like a bear growl and stuff like that. That's me in the morning. So it was like, <laughs> it was a very weird, weird noise that I made. <laughs> I don't think anyone would want to see that. <laughs> but yeah, it was oof. <laughs> I'm I, my face cheeks hurt now. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, honestly. Oh, well that's Thank you, guys. Oh, I totally like lost my train of thought. I'm, ba- I'm back on that little cloud I was on. Um, <laughs> for real. Uh, what else do we want to touch up on before we uh we close it out here? <clears throat> um. I don't know. I think we, we touched up on a lot of stuff. We can discuss what we're doing next episode. Yeah. Next yeah. episode. So, so Chase, what do we want to do next episode? <laughs> so next, I think we should probably continue along the Assassin's Creed thing. What do you think? Or should we do a bloopers? <gasps> or should we do... Hmm... Because I, I, I just got the new um, indie game that you tagged me on Twitter. Yes! And so um, I'm super excited to uh, play it. And um, which means I probably won't be getting any sleep at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know what should we do. By the way, the game that I just got, it's only available on PlayStation Xbox. It's called Road 96. And for sure legit indie game and it looks good so right? i'm excited mm-hmm. oh my god i'm googling it right now 
It looks so good. Like a lot of people that were like in the comments were like, this kind of reminds me of Life is Strange. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, it does. And I love that vibe. Yeah. I saw a video of this on Instagram, I think. Yeah, yeah it's like a right? cross country trip. And I love it. I've done cross country trips um, in different various stages of my life. And I just saw this game. And I was just like, dude, 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 gotta get this. And Scully tagged me. And I'm like, I know. So, um, Holy smokes. We talked about what we we're going to discuss next uh, episode, and now I'm like, I, I was like, yeah. I don't even remember what you want to do. I, I don't. I thought I thought we were going to do maybe another Assassin's Creed one. Yes, you're time. right. Another Assassin's yeah. Creed. And, and then, then we the were... one after that. It's going to we'll be a fun it. one. Oh, yeah. We'll have a fun one. Because normally, like, normally it's uh, one of our main games and then an indie game, and we just alternate between the two. But this time, we're, we're going to... We're gonna try try to knock out another Assassin's Creed name to make this go a little faster. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then and the uh, next one is oh shit! I already forgot what the other one was. It Brotherhood. Uh, yes, Brotherhood. So okay. yeah, we're we're continuing on with Ezio's little storyline in Brotherhood. So okay. and then the the one after that, we'll do the the fun episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm excited for that one. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be oh. mainly Scully, but a few of us, uh, Josh and I. <laughs> There's a lot of Scully fucking up the uh, commercials. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> oh god. But yeah, so um, yeah, we'll do we'll do Assassin's Creed Brotherhood next episode, and then we'll do the fun one, and then back to Assassin's Creed again. Or do you want to do the indie game after that? Yeah, so we'll do yeah, Assassin's Creed, uh, fun, and then indie. Okay. Giving me enough time. Yeah. Alrighty. Then you can get through a little bit of, at least a little bit of the game, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Because I'm already balanced. I'm like juggling. I'm like, <laughs> just like I'm playing a lot of games, you guys. <laughs> Those are my cookie jars. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of cookie jars. Also, it's okay to prioritize life. over video games which does happen we have to do we have Mm -hmm. to do it's okay (laughs) oh yeah definitely the games will always be there but kids grow up so (laughs) oh yeah the babies no longer you know are no longer babies anymore they become adults and uh, yeah, but I'm still homeschooling so you know I'm I'm still needed (laughs) yep yeah Oh man! Alrighty, so uh, socials. Let's see. Um, you can find Balance Pixels on Instagram, Twitter. I think we still have a Facebook. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not on it. <laughs> you'll, you'll find it in the show notes. Um, Josh, where where can folks find you? Uh, they can find me at grestiodos.com and that will be in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about the spelling. Because a weird word. <laughs> no. Don't worry about that. Oh, goodness. And Triz, what about you? Uh, y'all can just find me at Trizzle underscore plays on Instagram. I have a link tree that you can find me anywhere on the social media realm. Um... I'll put, yeah. the, I'll put the I'm, link tree in the show notes. Don't worry. Link tree in the show notes. <laughs> but yeah, find me on Instagram or Twitter or Twitch stream or somewhere in Scully stream most of the time, either inside or outside in chat. So yeah, that's where I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can find all of my links on my website, scullyface.com. I'll put a link to the links page in the show notes. So yeah. Thank you guys for sticking it out for another Assassin's Creed uh, episode. 
Oh, heck, girl, thank you for putting all the notes together from your gameplay, because otherwise, oh, I'm like, yeah, it's a cool game. I liked it. Yeah, Watching it's it on so YouTube. cool. <laughs> Honestly, like, Googling the, the storyline is a great, like, refresher. Like, oh, I remember this part. I was like, and this is what I did when this happened. Ah, <laughs> uh, see? Yeah. Because it's been so long, right? Like, oh, I mean, yeah. you forget after a while. Oh, yeah, definitely. I was like, oof. It's like... 2009 that's i was still in college like yeah <laughs> i was like fresh out of high school it's like oh boy Oof, that's a long time ago oh yeah but yeah you guys so we'll uh we'll see you guys next episode for assassin's creed brotherhood bye bye thanks for listening to another episode of balance pixels Our podcast logo was designed by Josh. Our intro was written by Josh, Scully, and Trizzle. Our intro voiceover was recorded by Kevin Chenard. Our audio editing is done by Scully. Each of our episodes are outlined by Josh, Scully, and Trizzle. As always, we'd like to give a special thanks to our listeners. We'll see you all next episode!